the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. We talk a lot on this show about the evils of the LGBTQ movement, and they're a movement that always says they want to be left alone, but try to stand up for things you believe. Uh, They're not going to leave you alone. And an Ohio teacher found that out in a very, very bothersome way. Vivian Garrity is her name. She taught at Jackson Memorial Middle School, and she refused to use a student's preferred pronouns. Less than two hours later, she was out of a job. Thankfully, she is represented by the Alliance Defending Freedom. And joining us now is ADF's legal counsel on the case, Logan Spina. Logan, thanks for your time today. Did I accurately summarize what happened with uh, Vivian Garrity? That is pretty much what happened. There were two different students that asked Vivian to personally participate in their social transitions, to, to refer to them using names and one student pronouns that would reflect this idea that these students have somehow change gender or sex. And these students never complained. There was never any disruption of any of the school classes or anything at all. Vivian herself just went to her principal, understanding that she couldn't do this because of her faith. She couldn't do this because it's harmful to children and it communicates something that's simply not true. And within two hours of finding out that it was her religious beliefs that made her unable to do this, to participate in this social transition, They ordered her to resign and literally handed her a laptop, said to write out her letter of resignation and escorted her out of the school. Well, uh, this is I have I have guys that I know who teach high school, college. They have come to me with this very dilemma. I think the Supreme Court is going to have to make a ruling on this at some point in time. We're going to have to get this settled. And so I'm sure this is not the it's definitely not the only case of this around the country. What kind of case precedent has there been in these kinds of matters uh, that you are undertaking on her behalf here in Ohio? So as you mentioned, we are getting tons and tons and tons of requests along these lines, and we've already been able to handle several cases in a successful way that protects the constitutional rights of teachers. As you mentioned, the Supreme Court needs to weigh in on this and hasn't addressed the issue directly, but its precedent is clear that the government cannot force people to use their own mouths to communicate the government's message when they object to that message. That's going all the way back to the 1943 case of West Virginia versus Barnett when they said you can't make school children recite the Pledge of Allegiance. Well, recently, on the pronoun issue in particular, we've, we've represented successfully a professor in Ohio that went all the way up to the Sixth Circuit Court of Appeals, which held that he could not be forced to use pronouns. We recently successfully represented a teacher out in Geary County, Kansas, And the policy there not only would require her to participate in the social transition of the students, it would have required her to keep it secret from a parent, Mm. right? Keep using the student's legal name and pronouns consistent with their sex whenever you talk to the parent, but then use a different name and different pronouns with the student in school. And the court correctly held there that that violated the teacher's religious beliefs by forcing her to be dishonest with parents. So the, the cases when it comes to schools trying to force teachers to promote a message they think is false and harmful or trying to force teachers to deceive parents, 
the cases are coming out well so far, but but as you say, it's got to go all the way up to the Supreme Court and get this resolved finally. Our guest is Logan Spina. He's an attorney with the Alliance Defending Freedom. He represents Vivian Garrity, a teacher at Jackson Memorial Middle School, who was forced to resign two hours after she, citing her religious beliefs, said she would not and could not refer to a student by their preferred pronouns. I remember the Shawnee State professor case. I mean, that was a win for conservatism is a win for, you know, the Constitution. Why does that case, why does that case precedent not apply in this situation? We think that it does. I mean, we think that it provides clear guidance for the court here. The only slight difference there is that we're dealing with a professor versus Vivian, who's a middle school teacher, and there are some distinctions when it comes to the free speech rights of employees just in different contexts. We think that the reasoning of the Merriweather case explains why when there's not any disruption to the school, as there wasn't here, and when there's clearly an available alternative, which is allow her to use last names or many other things that they didn't even consider because they acted so quickly, we think that case clearly shows why Vivian should win. But we will require, it will require sort of an independent examination of things simply because of the different context in which the government's illegal order occurred. So, Logan, you're on the inside of this. ADF, Alliance Defending Freedom, is on the inside of this. You hear these cases, and I, I praise God for your existence, that you're doing uh, the work that you're doing. Uh, the only thing good I can say about the left is their strategy is relentless, and they have ingrained it at all levels of government. We have the Biden administration time, trying to expand Title IX to include gender preference, which would obviously do away with what Title IX was set to do. And uh, they're always talking about these LGBTQ things as human rights, human rights, because if it's a human right— then your religious beliefs can't uh, can't uh, you know push back against it because for instance you know freedom is a human right you could not have a church that says well you know our our doctrine is that we believe in slavery so we're not subject to the laws of the United States of America like give me what you guys see as the game plan on this from the left and the flaw in their logic that you hope to expose through the legal system there's a lot of what a lot to unpack i think in that question it's a good question well, one thing i'd add to what you said you know you mentioned that maybe one of the only good things you can see about what they're doing is the relentlessness i'd i'd say one other thing is what they do is they sort of captivate and mobilize the good intentions of everyday people mm. right so when it comes to this gender identity issue they tell parents you know would it be would you rather have a dead son or a living daughter, right? They tell parents that if you don't affirm a transgender identity, you're going to contribute to your child's suicide. Every reasonable parent wants their child to live. Sure. Every reasonable parent wants their child to be healthy and happy and whole. And so do we, right? But so the point is they're, they're taking good desires, people's good intentions, and then twisting them to support this particular agenda. Um, I think more and more we're, dem we're able just to demonstrate, you know, reality is always able to sort of trump ideology if given enough time. So on the sports issue, for example, I think it's becoming more and more clear as more and more males are participating in female sports and taking away opportunities, titles, and, and other things from females in the sports context. I think that's demonstrating just the basic unfairness of that. We're seeing the sad results of forced inclusion of males into female private spaces, like the sexual assaults that occurred in the Loudoun County bathrooms. Yep. Um, at the end of the day, reality breaks through. And so even though there has been uh, an ability to sort of capture and mobilize people's good intentions, 
that can't last forever. And, and the, the truly affirming thing to do is to help children be happy and comfortable in their own healthy bodies, not to set them on a course for a lifelong chemical war against their own endocrine system, not to have them amputate healthy body parts, not to, as children, commit them to things that they can't consent to, like lifelong infertility. All of these things are things that we will eventually be able to win on because reality will be able to overcome ideology. In the meantime, it's just an important matter of standing for people's constitutional rights because they have an enormous amount of ability to control people's thinking when they're able to force this sort of thing through the schools. So we're grateful to people work that's being done in state legislatures to counteract this, and we're blessed to be able to serve on, on the litigation side to protect the rights of individuals to be free from the, the compulsion. Well, I, I'm with you 100% on all of that, and um, without ADF and organizations like yours, uh, people like Vivian Garrity would have nowhere to turn. Uh, where What is she doing now? I always say, you know, it's easy for me in my position and you in your position to sit here and talk about the evils in our public schools. We also have to, and I know you agree with this, pray for our Christian teachers because we need the Christian influence in our schools. Thank uh, thank the Lord for people like Vivian Garrity. Uh, just how is she handling all this right now? Is she able to teach at a private school, Christian school? Uh, what's she doing now that she's been forced to resign from the position that she held? So I would first say I appreciate your prayers and would appreciate the prayers of anyone in your audience for Vivian. So what she's doing right now is working part-time. She has uh, looked for other teaching positions but hasn't been able to find one yet. And part of our goal in the lawsuit is to get at least an order of reinstatement because that's what she's entitled to in addition to the lost wages from from the last uh, semester where she was forced to resign. Um, Personally, I think she's handling it very well. Uh, You obviously receive some negative uh, feedback from things like this and some positive feedback as well from people in her community, and, uh, and she, she's handling it well. But, look, she's, she's a young teacher. She was just a couple years out of college. Mm. This was the beginning of her third, uh, her third year teaching when this happened to her. So it's really important that we're able to correct this that's going on, and, and she's um, really a, an encouraging um, example for, for being willing to stand and saying, look, even though this is the very beginning of my career, I'm not going to harm children just to keep a job. I'm not going to set aside my religious beliefs just to keep a job. She's been very resolute in that, and it's incredibly encouraging. Yeah, absolutely. It certainly is. And I want to give you the opportunity to tell our listeners how they can support Alliance Defending Freedom. Absolutely. I mean, so financially, you can support us by going to adflegal.org. You can also support us in prayer, as always. You can support us by continuing to, to stand in your own communities for constitutional rights, firstly, but also just for truth on an issue like, like what we're seeing with gender identity and, and the issues of sexuality. So all of those things are immensely helpful to us. Amen. And thank you for using your gifts that God's given you in the legal uh, realm to stand for truth. We need more people like you, more organizations like Alliance Defending Freedom. I appreciate you coming on. Uh, I'd love to have you on again as uh, events in this case merit and anything we can do here to help you and to help Alliance Defending Freedom, please don't hesitate to reach out and let us know. Well, thanks very much, and I look forward to speaking with you again soon. Well, as if we needed it, we got further proof that the people who take care of Joe Biden should not get Joe Biden up before 11 o'clock and put him in front of the cameras. 
he just finished a long, ponderous, meandering speech on the border. And I guess the headline of it is he's going to go to the border at El Paso on Sunday. El Paso is not really the border. Um, it's it's near the border, but it's not like the hot spot on the border. Um, but he talked about policies in Central America that qualify you for asylum in the U.S., which aren't true. Um, he unveiled, because he never gets tired of unveiling, policies that are blatantly unconstitutional. Uh, he is just going to unilaterally give, what did he call it, uh, uh, parole to 30,000 Cubans, Nicaraguans, and Haitians per month. He's going to give parole. They're going to be able to come to the U.S. in an, in an approved fashion and work here, get a two-year work visa. You can't do that. Like, that's... That's not something you can lawfully do. Somebody's going to sue, and the court's going to stop it, and then, of course, that'll feed the, oh, we have a lawless court, they're illegitimate. Just like they were illegitimate when they stopped his rent moratorium and his vaccine mandates and everything else. Um, One thing he did not talk about was uh, stopping people from coming across the border. He talked about we need more amnesty and more ability to process Asylum claims. Um, And, of course, he blamed everything on uh, Republicans. Here's a snippet. It's all the evil Republicans' fault. Think about it. I mean, if if this were something, if we we had to have 100 more uh, immigration officers to see to it that uh, we're able to import something we needed very badly, it wouldn't take very much time to get it, would it? It'd be real done. Or conversely. If there are criminal gangs coming into the, the nation, or uh, if I mean, but when it comes to immigration, it seems like it's a better issue, better issue for them than trying to solve it. Look, we need me, we need more resources to secure the border. Oh, of course. Yet again, extreme Republicans have said no. Many Republicans agree we should do something, but it's time to stop listening to their inflammatory talk. It's time to look at their record. He's mad because he didn't get his. billion for more tent cities at the border so he could house more people. So he's not interested in keeping illegal aliens, criminal illegal aliens, because if you come across the border illegally, you are by definition a criminal. He's not interested in stopping that from happening. He's interested in spending more money we don't have. He's already spent $5.8 trillion since he became president. He wants to spend another... $3.8 $3.8 billion to, what, build a five-star tent hotel at Del Rio? <laughs> uh, but there is hope. Because also in this meandering, barely awake speech, Joe Biden let drop the amazing accomplishment by his border czar, Kamala Harris, that might reverse the flow at the border. I mean, listen to this. What Joe Biden says Kamala Harris has accomplished. And and I envision that very soon, according to this clip from the president, uh, our homeless populations in 
Seattle and L.A. and everywhere are going to be rushing to get out of America. Just listen to what Joe Biden says Kamala Harris has accomplished. Most people would much rather stay in the country they are if they can feed their families, be safe, send their kids to school and have opportunity. It's not like people have heard me say it before. It's not like people are sitting around a table and somewhere in, in Central America say, I got a great idea. Let's sell everything we have. Let's give it to a coyote, a smuggler. They'll take us on a harrowing journey for a thousand miles to get to the United States. Then we're going to legally cross the border. They're going to drop us in a desert and we're facing where we don't speak the language. Won't that be fun? I'm not being facetious. Huh? Well, President Harris led Who? this effort. <laughs> led this effort to make things better in the countries from which they are leaving. Oh. And thanks to her leadership, she's been able to generate more than $3.2 billion dollars from the private sector to create jobs and opportunities in El Salvador, Ooh. Honduras, and Guatemala. Wow. Tell people stay in their own countries, home countries, where it will be safer and they have some opportunities. $3.2 billion she's generated from the private sector to raise the quality of life in El Salvador, Honduras, and Guatemala. I mean, it's got to be better than Seattle, where they give them three square meals a day in their tent cities and let them get high all day. Pretty soon, Seattle will be suffering a deplorable shortage of homeless people because they'll all be flocking to Honduras, Guatemala, and El Salvador because Kamala has been raising money to raise the standard of living in those countries where Joe Biden says nobody sits around the table and says, hey, let's sell everything we have to a coyote who's going to drop us off in the desert. We'll cross the border illegally. Well, Mr. President, if that conversation is not happening, why are millions of illegal aliens coming across our border because they're not unclear. I don't think they're selling everything they have and giving it to a coyote because they think they're going to be boarded up in a five-star hotel in Pasadena, California and getting front row seats to the Rose Parade. I don't think that rumor is out there in Central America. I think they know exactly what they're getting. You think the story of the 50 migrants fried to death in the back of a semi hasn't made it south of the border? I bet it has. He shows his utter inept understanding, or most likely what it is, is he refuses to acknowledge what is going on down there, which is why he won't go and see it for himself. And why even when he does go and see it, as he says he's going to go do Sunday, he's not really going to where the most deplorable conditions exist on the border. So... um, Look, they have no interest, zero, zip, not a none, in solving this issue. It's a wedge issue. It's a it's a tool in their tool belt to continually disparage Republicans. And, of course, the Republicans' inability to select a House Speaker, Majority Leader, uh, does not exactly testified to the fact that our side of the aisle knows what it's doing either. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.